Thank you for listening to A Call to Freedom, the audio podcast of Freedom Ministries Church located in Apopka, Florida. I'm Pastor Freddie Fillmore Sr., and I want to welcome you to our church. You can watch our broadcast online every Sunday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can also join us for Shabbat prayer every Tuesday at 7 p.m. and Bible study at 7 p.m. on Thursday. For more information on how to watch or to submit a prayer request, please visit our website, acalltofreedom.com, or visit us on social media. The information is also listed in the show notes to this podcast. It is my desire that the message this week blesses challenges and encourage you in your walk of faith. Thank you again for joining us and I pray you enjoy the word. Hello everyone and want to welcome you to another broadcast uh, coming to you from Ambo TV here in our very own sanctuary at Freedom Ministries. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And I'm so glad to be here today. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. And um, I got a beautiful word from the Lord for you today. But uh, first of all, my name is Minister Tony Jenkins, and I am one of the associate ministers here at Freedom Ministries, where our very own Pastor Freddie Fillmore Sr., is the pastor. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures that I like to say before I get started is Psalms 34 and 8. And it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that puts his trust in the Lord. And see, I brought me a little drink here because I like to do a little demonstration. And I. Mm, that was good. Thank you, Lord God. And just in case you may be going through some troubles and you say, how can God be good with all the things that I'm going through? Well, if you skip down a couple of verses in uh, chapter nine, uh, verse 19, it says that many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them out of them all. So you got to put all your trust in the Lord and know that God will deliver you. If you get your Bibles real quick and you turn to Matthew chapter 15, verse one through six, Matthew chapter 15, verse one through six. And it reads, then the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? And if you got a pen, underline that. Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. And then Jesus, he, he answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your traditions. For God commanded saying, honor your father and your mother, and he who curse father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, 
whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God, then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus, you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your traditions. My message today will be the breaking of traditions. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity that you have given me to preach your word. And God, I am nothing without you. I need you, Lord God, to work through me that I may be a vessel that you may use to minister to your people a right now word. I thank you, Lord God, and I give you the praise and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. The breaking of traditions. You know, Malachi was the last prophet that God spoke through before the end of the Old Testament. And from the end of the Old Testament to the time Jesus came was 400 years. That means God did not speak for 400 years. And because of that, the priests that God left in charge to represent God, those priests became very corrupt. And so the people had no more faith in the priest. Now, there was these people called the Pharisees. And these Pharisees, they was very stout. They was very, uh, 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 when it came to the law, they knew that word, the scriptures. They knew the law and they held to the law to the highest point. They was very pious. And so the people began to look at the Pharisees to teach them the word of God, to teach them the laws of God. And then there were the Sadducees. Now, the Sadducees, they was the aristocrats. They came from like the well-to-do families. And the Sadducees actually held the highest positions in the Sanhedrin. They were the high priests. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees actually didn't get along with each other. Because the Pharisees, they believed that there was life after death. But the Sadducees didn't believe. They say, once you die, that's it. So they was very opposed to one another. But they had this one thing in common. They did not like Jesus. I'm talking about the breaking of the law. I believe that the Pharisees had more hatred for Jesus than the Sadducees. Because remember, the Pharisees were staunch in the law. They were, I mean, the law was, was like their everything. And Jesus came, he went against their traditions. The tradition of the elders were something that the Pharisees rested their whole morals on. Listen, the Pharisees, they viewed the scriptures as being authoritative, but in practice, listen to me, but in practice, their man-made traditions trump the word of God, making the tradition of the elders the final authority. 
Now we come to the part when Jesus said to them, why do your traditions are more important than the commandment of God? Because they was getting on Jesus because the disciples washed their hands or they didn't wash their hands before they ate. Now, let me let me that that was a ritual. Now, this ritual. You had to do three things before you ate. First of all. When they washed their hands, they would pour the water with their thumbs up so that the water can drip down their wrist. And then they would turn their hands down and let the water drip from their fingers. And then they would take the hand that was clean and dry off the other hand. And now you were able to eat. These were the traditions. And let me tell y'all something. If you broke that, that tradition, you could possibly be stoned to death for breaking that tradition. This is how they held to their traditions. And then Peter said to Jesus, explain to us what this means as far as washing with the hands before you eat. And Jesus said in verse 16, Jesus said, uh, chapter 15, verse 16, Jesus said, are you still without understanding? Do you not understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth that comes from the heart, these are the things that defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile the man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. But the Pharisees were so held to their traditions. They didn't care about the word of God because of their traditions. Now let me say something. Jesus was not a religious man. Uh-oh. I said Jesus was not a religious man. Jesus never joined the Pharisees. He never joined with the Sadducees. He never joined the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin was the highest ruling body of the court of justice during Jesus' time. He never joined them. Jesus' greatest opposition was the religious people. His friends were sinners. And check this out. Jesus never woed a sinner. He never called a sinner a hypocrite. It was the religious leaders of that day because they were so bent on their religions, their traditions, that they forgot about the word of God because of their traditions. 
He was not a religious man. Jesus did not come to bring a religion. He came to bring a kingdom. He was not religious. He was a king. Remember when the wise men, when they came, they said, where is he? Thank you, Lord, who was born king of the Jews. Now, Herod, King Herod, he was a king. Herod was not threatened by the religious people. But when the wise men came and they asked where was uh, the king of the Jews, where was he born? The Bible says that Herod was troubled because his kingdom is now being threatened by another king. So Jesus was not a religious man. He was a kingdom man. Now, Jesus, thank you, Lord God. His first public ministry, when Jesus came out of the wilderness and he first public ministry, he said this. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now that word repent don't mean for you to come before the church and lay out all your sin. That word repent means to change the way you've been trained to think. He was a kingdom man. Now, the three major religions, if you study the three major religions, they are Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. And all three of those religions claim Abraham as their father. What did John the Baptist say when the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to be baptized. He said this in Matthew chapter, uh, chapter 3 verse 8. He says, therefore, and this is what Pastor Gurley preached about last week. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance and do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. He said, for God is able to raise up children from Abraham from these stones. He didn't come to bring a religion. He brought a kingdom. Now, what is truth? We hear this word all the time. Tell the truth. Truth is the original information. If you want to know the truth, in order to find the original information, you have to go back. That's what lawyers do. They want to go back to where it all started to find the truth. They want to find the truth. So they have to relive the scene. Because they're looking for the truth. So let's go back to the beginning. In the beginning, when God made Adam... There was no church, there was no bishop, there was no praise team, there was no evangelist. But what did God give Adam? 
he gave Adam dominion. And if you look that word up in the Hebrew, that word dominion means king domain. He gave him dominion. He was the first Adam. And then Matthew, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it talks about the second Adam, which was Jesus. He came to restore what Adam lost. And it wasn't a religion. He came to restore dominion. We are, as children of God, we are king's kids. He said he's the king of kings and lord of lords. He gave us kingdom, not religion. One of the devil's, the devil's greatest tool that he used against us as saints, against us as believers, the greatest tool that he used is ignorance. In Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, it says, My people perish not because of the devil, not because of sin. My people perish because of lack of knowledge. So, if you want to be a kingdom, you want to be in the kingdom, you better get in this word. And you better get some knowledge. And then he said this. He's, after he said, my people perish for the lack of knowledge, he said, for you have rejected knowledge. And because you rejected knowledge, I have rejected you from being priest. And to be a priest is to be a representative. So what God is saying, if you're ignorant, I don't want you to represent me. Because he's a king. And if you're going to represent a king, then you must be of knowledge. Because the devil is going to come at you just like he did Jesus in the wilderness. But he couldn't trip Jesus up because Jesus was full of knowledge. I'm talking about the breaking of tradition. Right now, what we're going through America, we can't have church. We can't have prayer meeting like we used to. We can't fellowship like we used to. What are you doing now? Are you discouraged? No, the church is you. You are the church. Therefore, you must continue outside these walls to represent God as a priest. But if you reject knowledge, God said, I will reject you because I can't have you representing me when you're ignorant. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Once again, we go back to the truth. Now, it's funny how crisis comes in our lives. When crisis come, crisis is a is crisis a crisis is an event that happens upon which you have no control over. That's a crisis. You can't control it. 
And so God allows crisis to come in our lives to change the way we've been doing things. Now, I'm reminded of a coach by the name of Nick Saban. Most of y'all know him, Alabama coach. And I remember, I think it was two years ago, when they was in the championship game against Georgia. And I mean Georgia was putting it on them. And it looks like Georgia was going to win the game. But at halftime, Nick Saban did something that everybody at the time questioned. He went against tradition. Because Saban was a defensive guy. He likes to control the ball. He likes to run on offense, control the clock, and play defense. But if he would have stayed that way, he would have lost the game. I'm talking about breaking tradition. Crisis come in our lives to break our traditions. Because truth be told, we hold these traditions sometimes higher than we hold God in our lives. The Super Bowl come. That's tradition. Some people don't even. Hey, pastor, you can you can write me off. Because I won't be in church on Super Bowl because it's tradition for us to get together. Guess what? Where you at now? No sports, no entertainment. God is breaking these traditions to get our attention. And at halftime, Nick Saban had to do some readjustments or he would have lost the game. I believe right now in America, in the world, we are at halftime. And we are home and God got us in time out so that we can start doing some readjustments. You got to do some readjustments in your family. You got to do some readjustments in your career. You're going to have to start doing some readjustments even in your church. Because God is breaking traditions. And you know what traditions are? Traditions are nothing but strongholds. Jesus was able to cast out a demon in a man that had a legion of demons, which was 6,000. He did it with one word. But he could not cast that religious spirit out of the Pharisees and the Sadducees because these traditions are strongholds. Talking about breaking of traditions. So Nick Saban, if he wanted to win the championship, he had to change his whole philosophy. And he came out in the second half and he put a freshman in at quarterback. And that freshman came in and he changed the way the offense was running. They came out passing, passing, passing. And in the end, the Alabama Crimson Tide won the national championship because Nick Saban was willing to lay his traditions aside in order to win the crown. And some of us, 
going to have to lay some of these traditions down that we got in order to win the game of life. The breaking of traditions. I'm reminded in the 70s. We all know the name, once again, Alabama coach, Coach Bear Bryant. One of the greatest college coaches to ever live. During this time, he had an all-white Alabama team. And they went up against a team from California called the, U, called the, 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 the USC Trojans. And they was integrated and had a couple of black people, black guys on their team. Well, they came to Alabama in front of a standing crowd. And they beat the brakes off of Coach Bear Bryant. And Bear Bryant, they say he didn't say this, but the, the story goes that there was a running back called Sam Bam Cunningham. And they could not stop. Sam Bam was running all over that defense. Matter of fact, they took the starters out in the third quarter. Because USC was beating Alabama so bad. The story goes that Coach Bear Bryant went into the USC locker room, grabbed Mr. Cunningham, put him in front of his players, and he said, gentlemen, this is a football player. Get used to it. And they say that Sam Bam Cunningham did more in 60 minutes to segregate Alabama, the dirty, the, 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 the now I want to say dirty South, but the segregated South. He did more in 60 minutes than Martin Luther King did in all the years that they was marching. Because Bear Bryant knew I got to change the way I've been trained or conditioned to run this program. If I want to be on top, I got to change these traditions. And I want to say this one last thing. The breaking of traditions. And it's the story of David, King David. When the children of Israel was forced or was in battle against the uh, Philistines, we all know the story. There was a king, there was a giant called Goliath, nine feet tall. And the children of Israel were so afraid of him that they would not go out and fight. The breaking of tradition. So David had convinced King Saul to allow him to fight that giant. And what King Saul did, he started putting him on the traditional gear of warfare. And David said, I can't do it because I haven't tested it. The Bible says David took the tradition of the warfare clothes off, grabbed him five smooth stones and a slingshot. And when Goliath saw him, Goliath laughed and he began to blaspheme and taunt David. 
And David said, you come at me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And he took that non-traditional slingshot, wind it up, and he killed the giant because he went against the tradition. If we're going to find a cure for this coronavirus, maybe it's somebody that y'all ain't looking at. Maybe there's somebody in the backwoods that has a cure, but you keep trying to go get it from these big pharmaceutical companies. And it may be somebody who's in the backwoods that got a cure. The breaking of tradition. God is tearing these traditional walls down. And in order for us to move forward, we got to break these traditions because they are man-made and they have nothing to do with God. So with that being said, I want to say a prayer as I close that God will come into your lives and start to break these walls of tradition, whatever they be. There are some family traditions. There are some uh, uh, traditions on, on your job that has to be broken down. You know, we can't even go to the restaurants now and eat traditionally like we used to. We have to take it out now. So you got to make some adjustments. So, Father, I pray for those that are listening by the sound of my ear. That they would allow you to come in and break these strongholds, these traditions that have been passed down from generation to generation. That you may do a new thing in their lives. And I thank you now, Father, by your power and your might. Thank you, Lord God. Listen, every Tuesday we have Shabbat prayer, so we want you to join us in Shabbat prayer. And then on Thursday we have Bible study, so we want to... Uh, invite you uh, to on Thursdays to uh, uh, have Bible studies with us and they start at 7 o'clock. Thank you again for tuning in. This is Minister Jenkins signing off. God bless you and until next time, thank you. I pray that you were strengthened by the word. If this message touched you in any way, please let us know by reaching out to us online on social media. Also, please share this podcast and help spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you would like to donate to our ministry, you can do so by going to our website, accalltofreedom.com, or go through Cash App. We are Freedom FMC. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with you until we meet again. Amen. Amen.